Welcome to Waiting for Review, a show that follows the journey of two iOS developers. I'm Dave Knott, an iOS developer from Devon, England. And I'm Dave Wood, an iOS developer from Leicester, England. Join us as we discuss the development, code and technology of our journeys. All right then, um, we should probably talk about your new iPad, shouldn't we? <laughs> I guess we probably should. I've had it um, just over a week now. So uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely sort of becoming part of my, my day to day now. So, just for clarity, it's the 10.5 you've bought? Yep, 10.5 Pro, Pro, yeah. And storage-wise, what did you you go for storage? Um, I went for the 256, um, and I think we'll we'll kind of get to some more logic there in a bit, but um, I kind of knew that the 64 was, if, if not immediately, was going to end up being too small for me, sort of in the lifespan of me having the device. Um, And my prediction was that I would be using this sort of more and more as um, a laptop replacement in the evenings. Um, so I could see see that space being needed. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I've got 64 on my iPhone 6, and I'm already yep. starting to struggle uh, just on my phone, which I don't even consider to be anywhere near kind of like a uh, laptop replacement. It's just kind of like, it's a phone <laughs> yep. that I do a few bits on. So yeah, um, the right call there, I think. It does feel a bit odd, though, because it's exactly the same amount as I've got on my now aging 13-inch MacBook Pro. So sort of in my head, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. My, my iPad storage has equalized my, my laptop. Um, but <laughs> I find that... You sh- can't you, as well? Uh, yeah, you can. I, th- I think you can. Um, Which is what I've got in my iMac that I'm looking at. <clears throat> so again, that kind of that does start to feel a bit weird, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but... Um, so so far, I mean, I've, 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 you know, it restored from backup from my Mini 4, which is now my wife's. So the sort of cascade of um, hand-me-down technology, if you like, in our household has, has carried on. Um, this, this has meant that um, our youngest child now has a, a Mini 2 as well. So he's really pleased because he can run the latest iOS. Um, and uh, yeah, side notes, this also means he can send digital touch messages to uh, his brother and me. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, kind of amusingly, um, last week I was at work and I got um, I got a digital touch message from him um, cursing his brother out um, because they were playing a game or something and he'd, he'd managed to, his big brother had managed to upset him. So he was t- telling him off, but in a written digital touch message, <laughs> um, which in his defense was spelt absolutely correctly, um, but was perhaps not language I would want him to be using, um, and appeared very, very large within I'm, within messages on my Mac while I was working. <laughs> Oh, bit, bit of a tangent there, but um, yeah. Um, I think I've used digital touch in months now. No, I was I was kind of impressed he was he was using it. And this is you know absolutely down to him uh, being new, um, sort of to iOS ten, because um, he's been on iOS nine with with the the old first generation mini for for ages now. Um, yeah, so obviously he's playing and discovering it, and. That's, that's cool. These things are discoverable. Um, but uh, yeah, a bit of a, a lesson in using your newfound powers for good, mate. Sort of thing. <laughs> not not for that. That's funny. Uh, 
But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had to just sort of reply back to say, you do realize that I'm still in this group chat, don't you? Uh, oh, sorry, daddy. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, back back to the the iPad Pro though. Um, I one of the big decisions for me with the iPad was actually what accessory am I going to to sort of have with it because price wise, cost wise, budget wise, um, I kind of had a choice to either go for a keyboard or a pencil. Um, and in my mind, it was no contest. I went for the pencil um, because I, I knew that that was going to be something that I would sort of sit there and use a lot more. Um, my my um, my youngest child again, um, the sweary one, <laughs> uh, loves to draw, and so I sort of knew that he would he would like to kind of have a go and um, probably end up nicking off with, with my new iPad as well just to, to draw on, but that's that's cool. Um, from my point of view, I knew I was going to use it for, um, for things like note-taking. And so far, a week in, that's been very, very true. Um, I journal every day. That's, that's sort of part of my morning practice. Um, and I'm now using an app called um, GoodNotes. And um, I journal in that every morning. It's got lined paper in there. It's different to writing in a in a normal pad. And I think if you really, really love your sort of, you know, Moleskine notepads or something like that, and you're that sort of person, you might not like doing it digitally. Um, but for me, um, I've made the switch already really, really sort of quickly. Um, and the best part is, is that I can do... Um, sort of like OCR text recognition with it. And mostly it picks up my handwriting okay, although my handwriting is awful. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I type all the time. So, you know, the handwriting is um, atrophied over the years. But, um, yeah, so so this notes app, this, this um, I can select what I've written and convert it to, to text. I can then save it down into things like notes or Evernote. Um, and I've now got nearly a week's worth of sort of journal entries um, just saved back into a specific notebook in Evernote. Um, from a kind of tidy minimalist perspective, I'm really happy with that. I can now search my journals. Um, I can produce a PDF probably at the end of each month. That's kind of part of you know what I do. I try and do like a end of month look back over what I've written. Um, so this is just going to make all of that a little bit easier in some ways. Um, not least of which, because obviously we, we spoke about my house move last week. Um, and I'm looking at the moment and I can see a stack of small journals that I've either got to scan um, take with me to the other side of the world or dispose of um journaling in the ipad pro is is solving that problem um so as long as i've got things backed up which i will do um then i don't have to store journals anymore so that's really quite cool it's mm, nice um and also it's taking over the role of a sort of scratch pad notepad while i'm at work as well um so it's sort of as i'm you know taking development tasks off the list um, during the day. Um, I'm also using it to sort of scribble ideas, notes, um, bullet points about sort of key things I shouldn't forget. Um, 
and yeah, it's been quite useful for that because again, I normally end up with a pad that's a complete mess, sort of sitting in my bag, um, and then I end up with another one and another one, and eventually I kind of bin the ones that are you know six months old and no longer relevant. Um, so the the iPad saving me um, having that sort of situation as well. So you got yeah. iOS eleven installed on it. Yeah, straight away. <laughs> so are you taking advantage of the whole um just touch the pencil on the screen to start a note thing? Um no. No, not really. Because I'm booting up um booting up let's say this other app. Oh right, yeah. Good note taking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um and that's that's mainly because of the um the, the handwriting recognition inside of that app that, that really sold it to me. Um but um yeah, so so Good Did you get the handwriting recognition within notes? Um, that's a good question. I'm sure I saw a demo of that. I'm sure there is the some. Um, one of the other reasons I kind of veered straight off using notes, though, and went for this other app, um, was because I wanted like the, the note paper and that sort of side of it as well. Mm-hmm. That's fair enough. Um, It'd be nice if um, you know, maybe our APIs would allow so that you could set a default note-taking app that would then launch when you tap the pencil on the screen. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, nice. absolutely. Because um, uh, one of the other things that I've noticed is, um, obviously, I've tried quite a few note-taking apps before sort of settling on, on good notes. And um, one of the things that I found sort of with that also, it's just how variable different apps are in terms of how they do things, and um, you know, even with the, the the pencil APIs being, you know, there for everybody, sort of thing. Because of the legacy of note taking apps, you've got support for things like Wacom styluses and, and stuff like that as well. Um, or you know, the the not really a real stylus sort of stylus, where it's just a, a sort of stick. You know, with a, a fake fingertip, as it were, on the end, yeah. Um, just been smudging around the screen, and so they've got their all their own sort of little tweaks on how they handle that sort of input. Um, and yeah, the pencil is definitely better than any of those things. Absolutely, it's miles better. Um, but I do feel like it would be nice to have some more standardisation around things like handwriting recognition and that sort of thing. It sort of feels like I should be able to, um tell ios uh what my handwriting style is you know and kind of practice give it some input and that train train, yeah train it and then every subsequent use in every other app that kind of supports that mode of input could also continually train the os and just make it better and that kind of feels like something I, i would love to just sort of be in there by default um and it would level the playing field as well for for different apps um Sort of make it more system wide. Yeah. 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 So I'd be very hopeful for that sort of coming down, you know, in the future as as things go. Obviously, I don't think there's anything like that within iOS 11. Um, but um, yeah, that that it's not a shortcoming. It just sort of feels like an obvious conclusion, sort of as as the pencil becomes um, available across more and more iPad devices. Um. The other thing that was um, was also sort of obvious to us in, in our house um, was that it's such a shame that there's not a mini that can support the pencil at the moment. 
um my wife <laughs> or, or <whatever. laughs> yeah well I, I wouldn't rule it out i wouldn't rule out the sort of um maybe the the midi four sticking around and they're sort of being like a, a mini pro or something halfway right um i wouldn't i wouldn't rule that out but okay. uh yeah because um i know mean, we're i'm sort of coming from our our outlook as a household um you know, with, with my wife using an iPad mini as, as her sort of main device, really, beyond her phone. Um, but she uses that for the weight um, more than anything else, even though, you know, obviously the, the you know, newer, larger iPads are, are lighter than they were. Um, the, um, the mini is the right sort of form factor for her to hold without it hurting her wrists. Okay. Because um, that, that does happen with the large devices. So she uses it more like a paperback in a lot of ways. Um, and as soon as she, she saw the pencil and played with it on mine, she wanted that for taking notes and journaling and doing on hers. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I don't it's know. It's a very, very compelling device, isn't it, the pencil, when you think about it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, mean, um, I just happened to stumble on one in the Apple Store a few weeks ago and immediately you know, two or three seconds in, it was like, okay, this is, this is good. This is very, mm. very good. I've used some, uh, like whack on stuff before. Yeah. And I had to spend the first two or three minutes, never mind seconds, just figuring out sort of how to sort of navigate it and get the most out of it. Yeah. I, I really did struggle. Um, but yeah, the pencil was incredible. That's an interesting thing. Cause, um, yeah, my, my, my wife has now got, um, I think it's an, a Donit stylus that does work with, with the uh, the Mini 4 over Bluetooth and everything. Um, and GoodNotes, again, picks that up and works with it. But it is nowhere near as good as the pencil. Um, and you kind of have to learn how to, how to hold it the right way to sort of get the most out of it as well. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of that with the pencil, but not an awful lot. Um, and that's a real noticeable difference um you know the, the the quality difference between the two is, is sort of night and day um so yeah if apple want to sell more um i think they need to kind of roll it out to more than than just the uh larger ipad size class i, I think that could you know give them give them a whole other area of the market as well so um one thing i wanted to ask you the display yep 120 hertz uh yes please that so. ruined every other display for you now re- <laughs> reading around people are like wow this is this is special and um, I, I haven't seen one i saw someone on a youtube video um i think it was like a video mac rumors put out they were comparing the 10.5 that you've got versus the very first ipad Ooh, okay um, <laughs> interesting you know um the back of the the very first ipad it was kind of had a curve to it oh yeah yeah um the new ipad that you've got can kind of fit in the gap on the side <laughs> of the device when you lie on a table the bit the sort of underneath i'm probably not describing this very well <laughs> right yeah, so it's, it's considerably considerably less, thinner it, yeah um i was reading apparently um johnny ivan steve jobs was kind of intentionally made it that way because the original iPad was something new and something a bit foreign and alien to people. Yeah. So they kind of made it so if it was on a tabletop, it was almost inviting you to kind of pick it up. 
Right. Sort of get your fingers underneath and pick it up and use it, which is quite interesting, I thought. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And it really did have that about it. I remember um, somebody bringing one into the office that I was working in at the time. Um, and it was a case of, you know, uh, I mean, some people poo-pooed it just because they didn't like Apple. Um, <laughs> but, you know, everybody else, as it were, just wanted to have a play, have a look at this this new thing. Um, yeah, and I, I, to be honest with you, I think that, I mean, when was that? Was that 2010? Uh, I want to say 2010. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was. Yeah. The, sorry, the house move is kind of blurring my memory at the moment for everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I think that's when the sort of first seeds of um, of wanting to get into iOS development were kind of sown for me. That's it's kind of interesting. I, I, I kind of remember seeing that iPad and then visualizing um, some video mixing software like I've built for GoVJ on that device. Um, and I think that's when I first sort of got the um, the inclination to take up iOS development. Did you get one? No, no, I didn't. Um, it was, um, it would be quite a while before I got an iPad, actually. Um, I think my, my first iPad was the um, iPad 3. So that was 2012, um, and that was specifically because of the Retina screen. Um, I'd, 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 I'd eyed up the iPads for a while. The iPad 2 um, was a pretty good second generation, really. I know they sold really well. Um, but um, I, I waited and waited for the 3 so that I could get the, get the Retina screen because that seemed like an obvious next step. Yeah, well, I got the first iPad, and at the time I had an iPhone 4. So yeah. I had just kind of been wowed by the whole retina movement mm. and I, can, I can remember opening up the ipad and being disappointed that how bad the screen looked yeah um and i tried to not let that kind of color what i thought of the device as a whole but i, I did struggle with it especially for the first few weeks yeah because every time i'd look at the status bar i think it was the, the battery level meter yep the little icon you could almost count the pixels that were making yeah. up that battery icon, whereas on the on the phone it just looked like a printed page. You couldn't discern the pixels at all. Um, yeah. That's that's very much what the refresh rate difference is like um, for me, anyway. Um, with the iPad Pro, um, you know, going back and, and using another iPad after it that doesn't have that, it just sort of feels it feels slow, <laughs> and 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 just doesn't feel as slick. Um, at all so it doesn't for me it is making quite a bit of a difference visually to to how the device feels um i don't notice it so much with my phone um so switching back from the ipad to um the iphone 7 i don't really notice um that much of a difference in sort of slickness and and scrolling um but i don't know if that's just because i'm using the device in in different ways you know um on the iPad, I'm starting to use multitasking more, and I'm sort of flipping around the screen that bit more. Um, and I, th- I think the uh, the refresh rate there makes a lot of difference as well. It, it did look impressive. I say I watched it on a YouTube video, and obviously I was watching it on a YouTube video on a yeah. 60 hertz screen. <laughs> it's, like, it's kind of like where they try and advertise high definition televisions, and you're watching the advert on a standard definition television. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it you could I could kind of make it out when they compared like for like with the old ipad next to the the newest one it it did did look did look good 
Um, and I can imagine if that technology does come down to the phone, um, it will have that, that perhaps not strong an effect as Retina had, but there is an effect there, I think, for if you're one of the people who definitely does kind of pick up on it, it does impact how you sort of see other devices afterwards. Yeah, I, th- I think there's kind of a lot going on in screen technology at the moment in mm. terms of the, the P3 um, colours that are now available. Yep. So you've got a wider colour gamut and um, the, is it True Tone they call it? Where it senses um, the ambient light and then changes the temperature of the, the colours on the screen? That's right, yeah. So if you were to go outside in direct sunlight, the colour would shift. Which I yep. guess is similar to the the night shift mode at night when they kind of shift the color balance to be like the warmer sort of reds and oranges as opposed to the the blues that yeah claim to keep you awake at night. Um, so there's kind of that going on. There's the higher color gamut range, and then now there's this. I think collectively that's that's a lot going on there in screen technology. That couple that with Retina, which we've become used to. Yep, it's because it- they've come individually maybe it's harder to kind of market them as this incredible new technology. Yeah, but on, on aggregate, it, it has this effect. So it certainly does, um, for me, sort of since having this device now over the last week, um, in that it's just a bloody good display. And, <laughs> you know, you soon get used to that quality. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've not really looked at any other, um, like, Android tablets or anything seen any in the last week but I, I can almost guarantee that any other sort of non-apple tablet as well is going to feel so much worse to me sort of screen wise af- after having this as my sort of day-to-day tablet yeah i think at the point of sale to like a, a you know regular non-techie person who's just buying an ipad yeah it might be a hard sell if you have to point out these features they'd kind of be like eh, yeah sure yeah whatever um i want the ipad anyway but just not for those reasons but then maybe yeah. leave that device with them for a month and then switch them to a, an older iPad that doesn't have these t- technologies in the display. Yep. I suspect they'll probably notice if you take it away from them. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it's um, on that basis, yeah, for the mainstream, it, it's kind of got this sort of subtle lock-in effect, a bit like Retina has in a lot of ways, um, or had at least when it was new, um, in that, yeah, other other products then just look that bit more substandard you know it it takes um it takes a shine off of anything else because it it outshines it um so yeah i'm I'm loving the ipad loving the sort of speed of the the device and and the display um and it probably has ruined me for um for everything else after a point (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm doing i'm just gonna try and not look at one until i'm in a position to have a device, iPad or otherwise, that has that screen technology. That's kind of yeah. my strategy right now, for, for whatever that's worth. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I it's... It, it's um... Sorry, Dave, go on. I was going to ask you, how are you, how are you finding the, the multitasking with iOS 11? Has that, has that changed dramatically how you use the iPad? Um, Keep in mind you're talking to an iPad sceptic. So I've gone from, like I say, the Mini 4 to this this larger screen. Um, and yes, it has. I had multitasking, um, well, iOS 10 multitasking split screen um, on the Mini 4, um, but I hardly ever used it. And part of that is just because the screen's so small in the first place. Um, and then I, I put the beta on, on the Mini 4 as well. And 
played with it, didn't really get the use of it. Again, I think just because of the screen being that bit smaller. On the 10.5-inch Pro, like I say, I have been using it more. And, um, yeah, it is it is useful to have, but it, it's, it's much more subtle than just being able to drag and drop Windows around on the Mac and kind of have everything as this sort of, you know, stacked, scaled sort of mess. If I look at my my 13-inch screen at the moment, I've got several windows open, and they're all overlapping. Um, but they're there, and I can kind of see states of things all in one, one go. On the iPad Pro, what I'm finding is, is I'm tending to use one main app, and then the multitasking is letting me have a sort of um, a secondary app with that. And for me, that's usually like I'm watching a video, but I've got Twitter open to the side. Um, or, you know, I'm browsing and, and doing something in that sense, and I've got messages open, and I'm able to tap into messages and just keep tapping replies back to people. Okay. So um, with the, when they did the 12.9, uh, yeah. if I recall correctly, in the presentation, one one of the kind of sales pitches was that we intentionally made the 12.9 the size it is because it's kind of when it's landscape, it's the same size as two 9.7 portraits side by side. Yep. Kind of the, the cell being that you can have two apps, two portrait iPad apps side by side. Yep. With the 10.5, am I right in thinking that you can't go 50-50 with apps? Um, if you put them into the sort of joined split screen mode, rather than, because on iOS 11, you've got the kind of um, floating multitasking mm-hmm. as well which is sort of the start of everything so you drag drag the app up out of the dock and you can kind of pop it over the top of what's on yep um you can then kind of swipe up from there and it becomes split screen mode and you can do you can pull the bar i believe you can pull the bar over to the middle um so you could in theory do that um that's not how i've been using it though i've been very much just you know dragging things and popping them over the top and i think that's just my personal preference really um so i think you can do that what that really gives you in terms of the scale and size of the two apps that are then 50-50, I don't know if it sort of works out to, to you know, two exact sizes of device or, or what. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be not not that. Yeah. Almost like um, it would fall into the kind of tall and narrowish size class. I think so. I think only just, though. and. Yeah. This is perhaps another thing that's sort of becoming obvious, obvious to me as a developer using the device um, is that the size classes we've got to work with at the moment, sort of general size classes um, that you'll see in, in Xcode, in auto layouts, sort of editing a storyboard. Um, yeah, they're great to use. And I think you should certainly be thinking about things in terms of what they what they look like sort of through the different size classes that are there. But I also think there's something to be said for um, kind of expecting the available space to be almost anything, you know. And I think this probably gets much much closer to um, certain types of responsive web design, you know, in terms of how you you should perhaps be thinking about designing your UI, because it's starting to feel to me now like you can. I can certainly see a future where each individual app that is open on the iPad is closer to being like a window on, on Mac OS. Yeah. The way you can just scale it however you, you want as a yeah. user. And 
yeah, I think we as developers need to stop thinking about, certainly iPad software, need to stop thinking about it being sort of fixed sizes and dimensions. Um, and I think this is sort of, you know, there's, there's new things coming down in iOS 11 that, that support that sort of view of things as well. I think like stuff like the safe zones around the, the edges of um, table view controllers and things like that all add up to um, to there sort of being other ways now to sort of think about the available space. Um, so, yeah, uh, there's there's something there for me. Um, I'm, I'm thinking longer term about redesigns on, on my video mixing app, that sort of thing. Um, and I'm going to have to make it play nice on the iPad and sort of support this kind of multitasking world, I think. I don't think I can just get away with, with having it full screen anymore. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of developing a few ideas for that. Um, yes, it's interesting because the last time I got anywhere near developing something for the iPad, it was literally, you know, you kind of design it for the size of the screen because at the time yep. yeah, we only had one iPad available. And even when the iPad mini came along, it was the same res, so you didn't really have to think too hard yep. about that kind of thing. But no, <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. It's um, it's, a, it's a much different ballgame now. Yeah. So, and, and um, there's, there's all manner of other benefits, I guess, that can come along with sort of shifting your, your focus to thinking about the available space as being a lot more flexible as well, um, because you can also cater for um, people who've got the text sizes turned up for example, a little bit better if if you've got that sort of responsiveness in your design. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. Um, that's certainly something I want to get better at as a developer. Um, I watched the um, the WWDC video the other night um, that was just titled, I think it was um, "Convenience for You is Independence for Me," um, which was a video with. Um, um, a guy who's quadriplegic at describing how um, the sort of benefits of iOS in terms of being able to navigate it with the um, the sort of setup he's got on his wheelchair with the sort of suck and blow straw. Okay. Um, and Siri and other parts. And basically he was saying that the, the main gist of it that I took from it was that um, – adding in these sort of little bits like naming the components within your design, for example, that then opens it up for his navigation. Um, yeah, it's convenient for everybody else. For him, it, it literally means independence. And it got me to thinking just how often I'm, I'm not really necessarily working with um, things like the ability for text sizes to be set by the user and to be bigger. I'm not necessarily thinking about that quite so much as, as I probably should be. No, it's definitely something I need to get better at as well. Yeah. Um, it's nice yeah, that people are kind of setting a good example in that in that sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the community at large, I think if someone like Apple and other big players are setting good examples, then I think, you know, we should all do our best to follow suit. Absolutely. And, and for me, I, I can kind of see that um, done in the right way, that just kind of becomes part of, of considering the design, like I say, in that more responsive sort of way you know there's a design that can kind of be, be be flexible for people setting sizes differently flexible for the ipad um in terms of, of having the available space may or may not be what you think it is um 
I think it all adds up, you know, and, and just it becomes a, a thing that is um, just much better um, overall for, for all of that effort. Um, as an indie, I'm not sure where I'm going to find the time for some of that effort. Um, so I guess I'm trying to think about how do I just sort of alter my mindset so that I'm considering this stuff up front. Um, it's the kind of thing that sort of suits an app redesign a lot better for me, I think, rather than trying to take something that's already there and, you know, hack it in. Um, so yeah, my, it's, it's interesting. My thought process is expanding there a little bit. I'm, I'm sort of thinking about how I can, you know, design from the ground up to support all this stuff. Yeah. It'll, uh, give you something to do on the plane to New Zealand. <laughs> you have like a day yeah that was a whole scribble, day on a plane scribble a few notes we'll see how long the battery really lasts on, on your ipad pro yeah <laughs> it probably lasts the trip to be honest well I, I think so given that i won't use it all all the time i'll try and sleep um was it about 10 hours as well, in the battery not the flight uh, charge times um it's really hard for me to judge because i'm using it on evenings and you know, it's sporadically through the day while I'm working for taking notes. And I'm finding that at most I'm charging it every other day. Um, and even then it's usually still got a bit on it. Like, you know, I'm charging it when it's got to about 10, 15%, just so that I know I've got a full charge the next day. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's going quite away, really. I, I certainly think I'm seeing, you know, eight or nine hours, if not the full 10. Hmm. Okay. Um, it, it does depend on how many videos I watch and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> you better charge on the plane though, right? I have like yeah. USB sockets or something on the... I should think so, yeah. yeah. We, we, we... If if they let you. <laughs> if they let me, if I'm allowed to keep it on me even. Oh yeah. Uh, I told yeah. you about that. They wouldn't let us charge our phones when we flew to America. Mm. Yeah. That, that, that... very odd. And then they, they let us last year. Um... This was on, a, on an Air New Zealand flight. Um, I mean, I guess it, it varies, doesn't it, from from um, airline to airline? Yeah, I mean, they, they just said it was safety. They said we can't have you um, leaving your phones plugged in charging because of the lithium ions being a risk. Okay. And this is this is way before Samsung started, you know, blowing yeah. up and stuff like that. No, we, we we Samsung was going on when we flew out last year. There were warnings at every air at every airport, um, and you know, before takeoff and that sort of thing. And when we got to America, it was like you know you will be fined a lot of money if, if you're you're flying with one of these on you. Um, but we were still allowed to charge devices when we were up in the air. Huh. So, hmm, it's a. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be all right in one way or another. Yeah. So you think I should get an iPad, do you? Yeah, I do, actually. Mm. Um, I think <laughs> a, an iPad Pro plus a keyboard would certainly be um, useful for sort of lightweight web development and, and checking in on the stuff that you do. Something's uh, going to have to happen yeah. sooner or later, because uh, as we said before we started recording, I think... When during last week's show when we were recording, we had some technical issues and we kept cutting out. Um, I think, like I said, yeah, that may that may have been me causing it rather than us blaming Skype at the time. Yeah. Um, so I'm getting some Wi-Fi dropouts quite frequently now. 
I don't know whether it's software related or hardware related yet. I haven't looked into it properly. Um, but given given that I'm having GPU panics on a fairly regular basis, um, and my research surrounding that points to a logic board replacement as the fix. Yeah. Um, wouldn't come as the biggest shock if other pieces of sort of hardware start flaking out as well. Yeah, and you sort of get these intermittent problems rather than any one thing as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been there before with uh, with an old iBook quite a while back. Um, there's, yeah, when, when, when you've reached that stage, it's, it's time to be thinking about moving on. I mean, uh, it doesn't owe me a thing, really, when I think about it. It's been a fantastic laptop. It's seen me through since 2010. Yeah. And to this day, it still feels pretty quick. Uh, it doesn't feel like a put it this way it doesn't feel slow like my iphone 6 now feels slow yeah yeah because when ios 10 came out my iphone 6 felt noticeably slower yeah but ios 11 on it now and it feels a little bit slower again so that <laughs> feels like a slow device and it's not really yep. that old whereas this 2010 macbooks it doesn't feel much slower really than you know for general usage than my imac it's only when i start compiling like swift projects and stuff that the fan will come on and it will take a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, I think in large part, I kind of extended the life of it um, by putting an SSD in it. Yeah, that, that really does. That gave it such a, a much longer tail. Um, and I, it did feel like a slow device when it had the 5400 RPM disc in it. I think it's when I upgraded to Yosemite, I started to feel the, feel the pinch there. Yeah, um, yeah, we had a sim- similar thing um, with a, a Mac Mini here. Um, it was almost a, a doorstop with the old drive in, <laughs> um, and with, with the SSD in, um, it flies, and you only ever notice the slowness of it when you're doing stuff that would really need multi-core sort of support. Because it's only really got two two cores, I think. Yeah, same as mine. It's a, it's a dual core i7 2.66. It's the first i7s I shipped in MacBooks. I kind of had yep. it on for ages because. There was a, you know, the core duos that were at the time. I was like, I know the i7's coming yep. to the MacBook range pretty soon. I think I held out for about five months <laughs> because I, I couldn't have bought a core duo just knowing it was, it was that close. Um, but yeah, it's done really well. It makes, makes me sad because other than the GPU panics and the Wi-Fi dropping out, it's fine. It, you know, yep. it, it could go on another four years as far as I'm concerned, as long as I don't get cut off by the OS. But I think you. I think that's probably coming for you next year. On, oh, I thought it was going to be this year. Model. Yeah, I really thought it was going to be this year, and then yeah, I, I got away with it with <laughs> High Sierra. Um, can't believe I've called it High Sierra. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, something's got to give. It's probably um, probably going to be a twelve-inch MacBook. I think. Maybe. Okay. I just okay. really, really want one of those laptops so badly. I think, I think you should play some more with the iPad Pro. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm biased and I'm, <laughs> I'm still in the new shiny phase with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that just about wraps up today's episode. If you've enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you could give us a review on iTunes or if you're an Overcast user, you can recommend us simply by hitting the star button. Uh, also, we'd like to mention now we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is is that it can be a great place for fellow developers to meet each other, hang out, and help each other out. If you'd like to join, there'll be instructions in the show notes, or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. 
at WFR Podcast. You can find my remote control for Cody at armchair-remote.com and my latest at Space Readers and at Kids Learn to Read at spacereaders.com. You can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. That's RoboHeads with a Z at the end. Um, and you can find out about my video mixing app at govj.tech. 